Light one up. Light one up. Light one up. For the cannabis culture. Hello and welcome to the To Be Completely Blunt podcast. We are your hosts. I am Stephanie. I'm Rick. In today's show, we had the chance to interview Thunder Walker. So this woman is pretty incredible. She's a prominent figure in the cannabis industry. She is a mother and she's helped her daughter navigate her way through her own medical cannabis journey. She has over 40 years in real estate, finance, and construction experience, and nine years of cannabis and CBD legacy experience. Uh, She's also a licensed owner of several dispensaries in Oklahoma. We only touch upon a few things that she does, so you'll definitely want to look her up and, you know, research a little bit more about her. But for now, hope you enjoyed today's show with Thunder Walker. Hey, Thunder, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for the podcast. I know Rick's told me a little bit about you and I got, I got to read about you, which by the way, I'm really excited to talk to you because it seems like you have a pretty extensive background in a few different areas. But usually where we get started on our show is uh, just to talk about where your cannabis journey began. So if you want to start from there. Well, my cannabis journey, of course, we had the legacy market, which I had family members and things like that in the legacy market. Uh, we transferred that into learning about the medicinal side. And so that's where I really think I got my feet really, really wet. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter that's disabled. She has autism. And then I am also a car carrying patient because I'm a caregiver and that takes a lot of energy and stress. But what really, really has happened for me is that I wanted to be able to bring a great product to the community at a price that was affordable. So I actually uh, own a dispensary and processing in a grow, and I'm, I'm very, very active in the cannabis market in Oklahoma. Okay. And uh, I travel across the country now at this point. I travel across the country teaching about cannabis, advocating for cannabis, and and teaching people how to merge, in a way, the communication and the conversation. Even though we're individually licensed throughout each state, it's going to be different. But if we don't ever talk to the person across the aisle, we will never be able to get decriminalized and licensed through all of the, the states. And so one of the things, my goal is to make sure that that conversation happens. What it always comes down to communication. So that is really awesome. So I'd imagine kind of pulling it back to stuff with your daughter. That's kind of where like things came into your life with cannabis or did it begin even like before her and uh, the disability she has? Well, we were looking for something that would give her a normal life Mm -hmm. as normal as she could possibly have. And she was out roller skating (laughs) and we were trying to teach her how to roller skate because everything was about going to the doctor and Mm -hmm. What we decided to do is really listen to this one person that was roller skating. I mean, it was like a light was shining on them and they were roller skating and they were doing so well. Mm -hmm. And so I I asked them, you know, did you take lessons? What was the deal? And I said, I'm here with my daughter. She has autism. And they said, I have autism too. I said, oh, well, how are you able to 
help control and live the life that you want to live? How, how do you able to, to control your functions, your sensory, all of that? And they explained to me cannabis was the way. And so um, the, I immediately went, I was in Texas. I went and found the cannabis doctor. And um, we basically decided to um, try cannabis. But her pediatrician said no and said he would never see her again. And so I had to make a decision right then and there if I was going to do the best thing for my daughter or if I was going to go ahead and say, you know, fall victim here. Mm-hmm. And I decided mm-hmm. not to fall victim. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing and, and heroic for what we're trying to achieve here, you know, um, for everyone. Because that's where it, it really is. It's achieving this uh, full-fledged freedom again for everyone to benefit from. 200 years ago, it was mandated that you grew 15 acres or 10 acres of hemp. And one of the number one medicines in the bottles was cannabis. <laughs> um, it was prescribed for many, many things. So um, we already know it as a medicine and even farther behind that. So in bringing it back in a way that frees people that are incarcerated. And, and you know, that's a big thing as well. I know Thunder on this tour that's coming up the smoke currency tour, which I'm a blessed to be the docent from Michigan for and uh, bringing this expression of Michigan to, to that uh, platform is going to be very exciting very soon too. Yeah. So out of uh, curiosity here, where is Oklahoma at with um, their lawfulness (laughs) with cannabis? Like where, where are they at and everything? legality silly me what's so amazing about oklahoma we have the most impressive medical marijuana law possible in my opinion and so we do not um put a hold on how much you want to grow how much you you want to spend on cannabis how you want to consume all of that so i think that's so important because when you start limiting people how they can consume and how they can grow, how they can create a business in this industry, it's a, it's an issue. It's a problem. So mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma has is a medicinal program, but we're very lenient on how you do what you do. You can consume, you can grow yourself, home growers, caregivers, children, and the way you consume, it can be edibles, vapes, smoke, you know, pre-rolls, grass, all of that is there. And that's what's, for me, the freedom in Oklahoma is huge. And then we came in with a level playing field where everybody could get a license for $2,500. Right now we're in a moratorium and you can't buy a license unless you buy somebody else's license. But at $2,500, you were able to be competitive with the biggest guys and the smallest guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... When okay, first off, when did medical and then is is it recreational legal? There's over there no okay, so when did medical become legal there? Uh, about seven years ago. Okay, so then while that was beginning, then like what kind of challenges did you face at the time as it was starting to well as they were starting to get the ball rolling? Our biggest challenge is education. The license for education is five hundred dollars. Unfortunately, Oklahoma doesn't put a lot of value in that. I'm hoping that we will. 
-hmm. and I'm working for us to put a lot of value in that. The license is $500 and literally there's only one company that has a license. Oh, wow. So, and what is that? What is that license? Uh, it's an edu education license. So you can teach uh, in the state. Okay. Is it, uh, but yeah, okay. So just qualified within the state. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I know Michigan has uh, a program up north and I believe I believe Michigan State does some agricultural things, but I, I think it's on the hemp side more so. Yeah. So our biggest challenge is getting people to be educated. We had a challenge as far as people wanting to. Um, we had a we had a, a situation where people didn't expect to put in nice products and and, and nice packaging, um, but that's we've we've come around that circle now. Okay. So. Um, now I'm kind of wondering too, when, um, is rec being talked about like seriously at all at this moment or it, it was, it was on the ballot. Uh, we had a special ballot for it and it did not pass. Oh, dang. Okay. Why? Well, Why I, they got so difficult? Because the people in the industry did not want it to pass. And then there were people mm -hmm. in the smaller towns didn't want it to pass. The people in the industry didn't want it to pass because we weren't ready to be honest with you. Okay. We weren't ready for people to come into our state and just suck the life out of what all was already there. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> you say it? Not ready, I so I know. Didn't yeah. <laughs> yep. So no, ultimately. I, I, yeah. I think that's great of you guys to uh, take that stand because that's ultimately what I was hoping for with here in Michigan, they gave us two years, but the first recreational license to show up in, in the state was, was tw 36 months later. Right. So, so as far as an opportunity for the state's people, it wasn't all while being, uh, having our speaker of the house sitting as the chair of the medical marijuana license board, um, taking in, thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars which he was indicted for and just got uh 55 months uh for that but nonetheless very you guys did a good thing because you're blocking out that kind of corruption to snake in you're holding it to yourselves right now which is right right exactly and when we're ready we will vote it in but i mean we really kind of grappled over that because it would be great to bring up new people to come in and, and purchase, but it wasn't going to help us if we didn't have the education in place. We didn't have the business education in place and all that. So we have to get up and running and be stable before we allow rec to happen. Yeah. So how long do you think that looks like, at least in your It'd mind? It'll be another four years. That's why we have the moratorium in place. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's of... great because, like you said, it gives you the opportunity for your state's people that you know help put this law into place to to benefit for from it financially, building small businesses, building generational wealth um, is what this opportunity really is for for a lot of people, and it should be for the people having that generational wealth, not just conglomerates and corporates taking that and leaving us to work for them. I won't have it. <laughs> yeah.
So how do you think the uh, citizens of Oklahoma are taking to this, just it being medical? Are people finding it easy enough to be able to get uh, a medical card or is there challenges there? No, it's easy to get a medical card here. Okay. Very easy. Okay. Hey, it's that's easy like... to open a business here. Okay. The, the biggest thing is the education piece. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so the governor is really putting some things in place okay. and it's, it may not be popular, yeah. but it's needed this mm-hmm. for us to, you know, really sustain this, this industry in Oklahoma, we have to make sure that the small guy is, is protected. Mm-hmm. And so that's happening. Good. You know what I want to dive into next is a little bit about stuff with your real estate. First of all, how long have you been in your real estate career? I got my real estate license at 18. And so I've been doing real estate for a very long time. Um, I went through the housing bubble, all of that commercial, all of that. So basically you cannot do cannabis without real estate. Right. And so uh, I moved my information, my necessary uh, need to be in the cannabis industry. And I cross pollinated to find out exactly how I can use my skills in the cannabis industry. Okay. All right. Well, that was smart. Um, (laughs) I was like, that's quite the genius plan there. So then how's that been going? Well, what I've realized is that most people do not deal with commercial properties, right? And so I've actually went in and been able to help women and people of color to understand what it's what it's like to be in the cannabis space, right? And mm-hmm. so um, the first thing that you have to do to be in the cannabis space is actually find a piece of real estate to actually do your business. And so I was able to help women and men do just that, find out what they needed to start their their grow, their dispensary, processing, transport, all of that, it, you have to have a piece of real estate first. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, I was able, like I said, to cross-pollinate my skills with people that wanted to get into this industry and was able to push ahead. And so opening a dispensary took time, it took effort, but me and my business partners, we were just committed to make sure it happened. And a year later, <laughs> a lot of heartache and a lot of sweat and tears, uh, it, it's still open. We're still serving patients in Oklahoma, and I'm really, really excited about it. I'm great at marketing. I'm great at being able to put the, um, the cannabis industry together and get people to understand it. Technology is not necessarily my thing, as you can see. But that's okay. That's why you find someone to help you out and get them to uh, connect all the wires together. Once you, I'm just going to say to my team, once you move me over to an Apple product, I probably should stay on an Apple product. <laughs> but that's true. It's hard yeah. to go back and forth. <laughs> it's so different. You accidentally push something in and you're, you know, it's like a video game. It's like, boom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, no, I lost. <laughs> Yeah, I apologize for that. But, you know, looking at the cannabis space, looking at the cannabis industry, it's growing, it's innovative. There's so much thing, so many things that we can do to help one another. Uh, Being a patient is where it's all starting. Uh, One of the things about Oklahoma is that uh, cookies, 
packed up and left. You know, they left Oklahoma because they weren't able to survive and thrive in Oklahoma. This is a rush. This is a green rush. This is a state of uh, cowboys and legacy and being able to decide that they're going to be competitive on every level. Mm-hmm. And so to come to our state and do business, you have to be competitive and you have to understand that we do business together mm-hmm. and we will do business with other people, but it's our land, it's our rules, and we do it this way. And what yeah. I realized with that, going to other states, other states can do just as well uh, if they are able to keep what makes them unique. And so one of the things that a lot of people are are afraid of is those big companies coming in and just really absorbing, like, you know, taking away the uniqueness of the plant. And I don't think that has to be the case as long as you establish yourself and have a difference about yourself. I'm located right next door to a dispensary. And what I can tell you is I observed them. I observed how they did business how they treated their customers, and I did the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So they are like a 7-Eleven, and they are a MSO. And I'm not knocking them. I hope one day to be able to raise the revenue that they're raising, to be able to hire as many people as they can hire. I'm not knocking them at all. But the, the one thing that I'm going to do differently is I'm going to treat my customers with respect. I'm going to remember their names. I'm going to have the best products that I can possibly have for them. And that's where a lot of these big companies miss the boat. They start cutting down and and chipping away and trying to see exactly how much more they can make. And they take it out of the individual's pockets. And sometimes you have to take it out of your own pocket instead of trying to take from someone that is already in a state of, I'm trying to balance my life. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to, I, I had a lady that I was going to, we're around the hospital. So she was going to visit her father who has cancer. I have another patient that, you know, they have cancer, they have chemo. I have another patient that their daughter uh, has autism. And, you know, there's so many different stories out there. Why would I try to charge them extra? And I'm already making a good living. It just doesn't make sense. You know, you have to meet people where they are. And guess what? Those people will come back and come back and come back and be loyal. I mean, I can uh, remember about maybe three weeks ago, we had an emergency and we couldn't open. We normally open at 10 and we couldn't open at 10. I think we got here around 12. 10.05, my phone was ringing off the hook. Hey, I'm sitting outside. And, and keep in mind, I'm right next door to another dispensary. They could have easily went into that other dispensary, but they were sitting in their car waiting on us. And it's because of the fact that we are able to give them that type of service. And service doesn't cost you more. It just it's a commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the, the thing, too, is what you're doing is you're representing the medical side of this plant. Um, the way you guys have no recreational, so to speak, in the thing everything you're doing now is medical so to have uh an mso personally in a state that's just medical is appalling um and it it, uh because because like you said it 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 comes down to education and what these a lot of some of these bigger companies know is that a lot of people don't have education so they're just going to grab up the masses that don't care about anything they just want the high thc levels 
and so to speak. And when you're coming from a medical side of things, that kind of gets diminished. The THC value isn't as important as the entourage effect of that cannabis plant. So exactly. So educating right back to that. It always is. So, well, and it's just frustrating that it, like some, I get it. Companies are trying to make money and all that stuff, but just to be in that corporate mentality all the time, you take away from that personal touch of everything. And that's just extremely frustrating that right. that's what the world is like. So it's nice when you hear about companies that are trying to give people that personal touch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we can probably talk a little bit about the smoke currency tour. Thunder, is this the first tour that you've done? No, this isn't the first tour that I've done. I mean, whenever whenever I'm out somewhere um, uh, and we go to a state, we create a tour pretty much. This is the first tour that I have done consecutively. So normally okay. what will happen, and I was trying really hard not to just do this consecutively too. I'm going to have to be honest with you. I wanted to have some breaks in between to be able to absorb. And so what we were able to do is get with the uh, bus company and create a two week break in between. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's all we have is two weeks to kind of absorb what we learned and be able to uh, document that and give people a really good uh, story about that particular state. But why that's okay. so important is because when I go to a state, and I've been to Michigan before, I'm really looking forward to bringing, to going back and bringing the juice to Michigan. What um, I realize is that when you go to a particular state and you see the grows, you see the plants, you see the people, and you see the legislation, it takes like a, a minute or so to be able to say, okay, you look at the whole picture and you got to see what's great about that state and then the things that needed to be changed. And when we do that and we do it the proper way, which the smoke currency tool will do it the proper way, is that we can actually write up white papers to be presented to lawmakers to help them make change. We can say to them, hey, this is how Missouri is doing it for uh, parents. This is how Missouri is doing it for adult use or, or whatever the example is, right? Nice. And we won't be able to do that without having a very clear picture. So uh, what Rick's role is, is huge because he is the tour guide. He's the docent. He's the person that's going to show us around his entire state. Just like going as a family member and saying, hey, I'm coming to visit you. Can you show me what you got? Yeah. And so he's showing us around the entire state and we're going to see the good, the bad and the ugly. Right. I want to see all of that. Even when I go on vacation and it's not cannabis, I want to see everything. Don't yeah. just send me to the to one side of the tracks. I want to see everything. And right. then once we see everything, we can sit down. And that's why I wanted to have a bus to do this at. We can sit down on the bus at night and really have a conversation about what should be changed, what would make things better. Because people don't listen to you when all you do is complain. They tune you out. <laughs> yep. You yeah, know what I mean? You have to take action. Yeah. You got to yeah. take action and you got to be able to say to them, hey, this is what you're really, really doing well. Everybody has sat down with with their supervisor and their supervisor has given them some critiques. Right. And we can do that in every state. We can say, hey, Michigan is really doing this well. I love the fact and I know you guys may think it's a pain in the behind. 
but I love the fact that your state knows what's going in all of the edibles. I love that. Yeah. No, I, because, I agree too. Because yeah. because you you leave if you leave some of those areas for margin where it becomes a profit margin issue and you can go to a lesser quality or or something that's you know different maybe that's not what's best right especially if you're going to have a cancer patient purchasing it you you don't want a high fructose syrup based gummy you want something right. healthy right right it, it, exactly and at least you guys let you, your state knows and you know you know what i mean so the consumer knows i think that's so important versus in some other states you don't have that option. You have no idea what's going on. I went to one state and we're going to that state and I'm not going to talk about the name of that state until we get there, but you'll go to that state and you'll get an edible and it'll say 250 uh, MGs. That's it. No ingredients. Nothing no warning. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. 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 That's a loose ball there. Yeah. Because even <laughs> Colorado in 2015, it was 2016. It took them a year but they started stamping all the gummies with THC right in the mold. It had to be on there. Okay. So no matter what shape your gummy was, it better read out with THC on it. Um, and they did that for protecting children, and, and it, it seemed to have a benefit. Michigan took forever to implement that one, and they could have just talked to legislation, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they Sometimes don't. You, right. Sometimes you have to regulate yourself. And what's so crazy about that? You know, and I can tell you guys are shocked when you if you go to this particular state and you go to one of their their fairs or one of their events, you can just see different edible products out on the table and they just list the milligrams. They don't list if it's a hybrid or strain. They don't list who made it. They don't list what's in it. You know, yeah, boom. That's a lot of room for uh, question marks, for sure. Mm -hmm. As I just a don't understand how that's like legal though, like to not know what's going in these products. It's how they wrote their law. So when you write yeah. up laws, you got to write them tight, and that's why you know I'm I'm the 2018 hemp uh you know act that was a really well written law. A lot of people don't understand mm -hmm. that that law to its full capacity, and what it's really stating in there is delta eight and delta nine, which in cannabis even is low, low doses, often, you know, not exceeding 0.3 or 0.5. And uh, that leaves THCA open. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand that. THCA is open. It's, 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 it's totally open. I Rick, I just had a call about Texas earlier today. And that's their whole thing. Their whole plan right now is THCA but it's not yeah. regulated in any way. Sometimes you do have to regulate yourself. And the reason why I say that it's better to regulate yourself than to have someone come and regulate you that, that is not educated about our industry. And so mm -hmm. when visiting this particular state, they have some weird rules back to this other state that I'm talking about. So nothing is labeled, buds are illegal, but flour is, is legal as long as it's ground up. How about that? That is weird because That's you get silly. stuff from above. <laughs> so the dispensary has to make it uh, ground up before it goes out the door? Yes. Oh. And and every dispensary has to have a pharmacy, a pharmacist inside. Like, that's going to make... Right, they don't know boo. <laughs> Correct. 
Some so, of them do, but. <laughs> yeah. So I want you, Stephanie, I want you to pay attention when we get to that state because I'm going to call out and say, Stephanie, we're here. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to hold up a bud and I'm going to say, this is illegal. Yep. No, it's not. <laughs> that, it's so the like weird loopholes of things like I just what everybody just like danced around things I don't get it yeah. <laughs> why why does yeah. it gotta be like this well and that's what's so important about this tour I think is that um by connecting all this information together it gives uh, all these points of view where you should be able to make a very good educated collective understanding of it um and it's going to be really cool to see that unfold Absolutely. Just like Hawaii. When I was in Hawaii this past year, well, I think it was at the beginning of the year, we were doing a Hawaiian cup and I was having a great, great time. It was wonderful. Uh, but then um, the Hawaiian legislators decided to have their meeting on a Saturday morning when there was two cups going on, two conventions, cannabis conventions going on. So guess what? They knew that there was a less likely, there was less likely that the people would be coming to protest or whatever to the meeting. But we still showed up at the meeting and we were able to help them understand because, you know, of course, the people that didn't want it legal uh, there and were trying to change some of the laws, they showed up, they were there early. But they knew, in my opinion, that because they had two cannabis, major cannabis events going on, that the people that were pro-cannabis probably would not show up at the, at the meeting. So we showed up, we were able to explain to them the difference between CBD, Delta-8, Delta-9, and THC, THCA, all of that. So we were able to do that. I literally took with me my senator from my state. So we were able to go behind and sit down with them and have that conversation. Uh, but what was really interesting, and I will remember this forever, there was a guy testifying against one of the growers and he wanted his grow to be shut down. Not because he was doing anything wrong. They wanted his grow to be shut down because he was what they call stacking licenses. So let's say, you know, Hawaii is expensive, right? And as a patient, you can grow so many plants in Hawaii, but where are you going to grow them at with all the laws, you know, having them secure all of that. If you're staying in like a little one bedroom apartment or whatever you're doing, right? So this particular guy, for his community, he had a lot of land and he would allow people to put their uh, caregivers uh, license at his community. And when you heard about it in the meeting, he had something like 20 different licenses there. And it sounded like a lot, right? It's like, oh, this guy is, is really pushing the limit. He's really in the gray area. But when you were able to hear him and talk to him and, and him explain that he was actually helping people that were sick but could not afford to hold their license at their own home address, mm -hmm. then guess what? He wasn't doing anything wrong, but they made it sound horrible, right? Of course. Yep. 
Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so for me, that's the type of thing that the smoke currency tour is going to do. We're going to expose those people that exaggerate mm -hmm. what the cannabis industry is like for their own gain. And we're going to be able to show people that are sitting on their couch. We're going to be able to show them this is what we're doing. It's no hocus pocus. There's nothing outrageous out here. You don't have to put the letter C on our forehead. You know, you don't have to make us wear the letter C on our chest. The thing is, we like cannabis and we love this plant. It's just a plant. You never have to try it, but don't vote against us because we are helping people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand what the big fight is always about when like they could clearly see it themselves, but mm -hmm. still continue to deny it. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, just go, you know, a field trip is always nice, right? Just go out there. Just say, hey, knock on his door and say, hey, you know, we really don't mean any harm, but it's coming up. And if you sit down and talk with us or show us your place and tell us what you're doing and explain it to us, we want to listen. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I just feel yeah. like people are always just sometimes so set on being right about their point and not seeing beyond things. And you're like, try weed. Well, It'll make you yes, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. In, a, in our society, we have definitely created through the baby boomers, my parents, a, age group, um, a, a kind of philosophy, right? So mm -hmm. right is right, wrong is wrong. Uh, you adhere and you would obey, obey to your, your doctors, you obey to your authoritative figures. Um, that was the mindset that I grew up with, you know, and then we're now finding out that all that obey, obedience got us uh, twisted in our health and really, you know, hindered us. And there was a lot of lies and misleading. And for some people, that many years of the thought that they were kind of duped or fooled they can't come to terms with that, you know? So it's it's easier to block it out and stay the course for mm -hmm. some people's mindsets, which I always try and tell them because I feel like those people are trapped sometimes. I feel like sometimes they're like, yeah, I see it's right and I know it's right. And I see that baby just got saved and all these things, but my church ain't right with it. And and they're trapped, like they want out, but they just, no, I that's no, not for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I always try to reach out. Every once in a while, I get one that, breaks out and it's like oh wow yeah she just went to church and told everybody the, the good stuff <laughs> yeah i remember in 2018 2019 i was in oakland california and there was a guy uh that was taking us around on a tour and we were we were looking and there was a church that decided hey we're no longer gonna hold our meetings and our services at our church anymore we are going to block out the windows and, and turn this church into a grow best decision they ever made because they guess what? <laughs> no they didn't but oh, guess what <laughs> and uh COVID came along and people couldn't go to church anyway and so they still had their grow they still were financially sound and they still held their membership Versus a lot of people had to recover. And think about that. This world changed so much with COVID. Would, yeah. would you have ever guessed, because this country is, is you know, totally built on religion, would you have ever guessed they would have said, you guys can't go to church either? I would have never guessed that. I agree. And yes. so, yeah. And so think about all these big mega churches that was empty for a while. And so 
I think cannabis is a way of explaining to people that it doesn't matter what religion, it doesn't matter what race you're in. It's the one thing I believe that can bring us all together with, without us fighting. And I, I just, that's my thought for cannabis is that it, it is the uniter. It is the healer, mm-hmm. you know? Agreed. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and we've even had a few people on our show here like uh, Saltwater Cowboy, um, Tim, I can't think of his last McBride. name. McBride. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was amazing. He moved tons and tons and tons, millions of dollars worth of cannabis and never hurt anybody. So he's mm-hmm. a big time yeah. drug smuggler, but he ain't never hurt nobody. Ever hurt nobody. The only thing he did was employ a, a small town in the uh, Southern Keys there for uh, opportunity to make a lot of money. <laughs> so you're right you know it just uh it's always been that uh that uniter and that peaceful uh thing absolutely it's amazing i mean when i see what this plant can do as far as even building products um wellness um it's, it's just it, it's so beautiful it really so, really is yeah um, I, I wanted to talk just a little bit about, um, so you, you're an influencer on social media, correct? Pretty, pretty large following from what I've seen. <laughs> I, I have a large following. I am an influencer. It took a while for me to accept that topic at my age. I was like, what? You know, Look at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, that title, but I was finally willing to accept it because I, that's not where I thought I was headed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It just started happening like that with the content mm-hmm. and um, the way I wanted to reach people in, in a way that they could absorb the information uh, without fighting it. So there are people that on my page that have never smoked cannabis, never will, mm-hmm. but they enjoy seeing everything that I bring to the, um, to the social media space. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what kind since I haven't I haven't explored your socials just yet, but don't you worry, I'm gonna. Um what kind of content do you usually put out there? Is it you is it more so informative or do you like to do like goofy things within it or <laughs> so um my content is basically you're you're experiencing the cannabis and the psilocybin world through my eyes. Okay. So um You know, as far as the type of content, I do a a lot of reels. Uh, I don't think they're funny. I think that sometimes they can be. Like today, I put out a press release that uh, I had an eyelash uh, incident and I will be recovering. Please send flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we do we do silly stuff like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but my branding and things like that is all about education. Okay. So I will post, um, we did a dance that whenever my patients come in that are children, we do a dance called uh, head, shoulders, knees and toes because cannabis will regulate everything about your body and I felt like that is the perfect song for children to understand what's happening to their body when they take cannabis so this little girl named Jojo whenever she comes in she always tells her mom I gotta dance with thunder I gotta dance with thunder she's about three or four years old right so she comes in she goes to the bathroom she has her dolls or her stuffed animals or whatever 
her parents pick up her medicine. We talk about all of her medicine. And then before she leaves, she wants to do her dance with me. And so we, we put on the song and we dance around. Well, this time I decided to record it and record her dancing. So I wanted people to understand that this, this little girl needs this. Yeah. And in between the, the takes, we have all of the information on how to be registered as a caregiver, how to be registered as a, ch a child, a pediatric patient. Mm -hmm. And so I give that information out. Uh, there's a couple of other times where um, the last pres prisoner project where people have are still in prison, I try to use different ways and different artistic ways to show that this doesn't make sense. Um, and so when I was at the premiere of American Pot Story on the red carpet, I wanted them to understand that freedom was very important. So I used the Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce song, Freedom, and how we have to fight for it, even if we're not behind bars, even if it hasn't touched our life, I still have to fight for the 40,000 people at any one time that are incarcerated for cannabis. And it, when you think about that, 40,000 people incarcerated in the United States at one time, any one time in the United States for cannabis, but we're on the cover of Forbes magazine. We are talking about it on LinkedIn. It, it doesn't make sense. And it's right. so fair. It's so unfair for people that are still serving time. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and yeah. that's, you know, going back to our state and, and, you know, you get into the politics of things. Our governor literally ran her campaign on the fact that she was going to release cannabis patient or cannabis uh, offenses in Michigan federally and throughout the whole thing. And there's only been one, and that was Michael uh, Thompson, uh, who is part of the uh, Last Prisoners Project. Uh, they have um, the Michael Clemency uh, or Michael Thompson Clemency program here, which is, again, he's the only prisoner that's been released. And we have more here in the state of Michigan that while we're out here making money and doing podcasts and glorifying this this whole thing, they're sitting away because they had two pounds on them and they were selling it to whoever or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, you know, think about that. What does that take? And that's that's where I challenge the people that are in control and that have the power and that have been voted in. What does it take to fix this? And so does it take someone working extra hours to do the research on why this person, these people were arrested to categorize them and put them on an express way outside of the prison cell? What does it take? And that's what the smoke currency tour is going to do also is challenge that and say, what does this take to fix this situation? Because sometimes it's just extra man hours. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, that you have to reinvent the wheel, right? There is a yeah. whole movement right now, Stephanie and uh, Rick, um, for help with the Child Protective Service, for them to understand that cannabis should not be something that you should remove a child from in that home. If there mm -hmm. is a patient out there that has cannabis or if the child has cannabis or if the woman works in the cannabis industry, that is not enough reason to call and report that parent. 
you need more information before you make the decision to snatch a child from their rightful parent. And right. so Missouri, Missouri is working on a law for that. And to me, once Missouri has their law correct and in place, then we need to take that same verbiage and write it and put it in every state. Mm -hmm. It's not fair mm -hmm. because a mother is uh, nauseated and the only thing that's helping her to uh, relieve her ability to keep food down is cannabis, she should be able to take that. And the same thing, if it's a mother that's depressed and has depression from having a child, and that's very common, and we know that cannabis can help those things, why are we going in and, and creating this stigma for her and making her suffer um, for no reason at all, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel, unfortunately, I feel a certain way about our prison systems and unfortunately, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel that that is part of the problem. So mm -hmm. uh, imagine the prison systems no longer having the great benefit of uh, a small amount of pot putting somebody away for years. Mm -hmm. um, those mm -hmm. are numbers that equate into dollar bills. Let's be real. So those dollar bills now are out of these state systems. So you have these prisons that are losing money mm -hmm. and they have a way that they live, right? All the prison system uh, owners, whoever they might be, usually your legislators in some value and mm -hmm. they're losing their money. And mm -hmm. that's, that's part of the bite right there. And the fact that I think retribution, you know, people should feel like they want retribution from, from, from this and ha you know, if you're wrongfully accused for murder or robbing a bank and you do 20 years, the state pays you money. Right. So, um, where's these people's retribution? Their lives were ruined. Children told to hate them. They don't have a relationship with their families. Ruined lives. And and it's just, you know, so yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's a deep story there that needs to come to light. Right. And we're going to be talking about all those things on the Smoke Currency Tour because it's going to give us an opportunity to see how each governor, and I'm glad that it's an election year, it's going to give us an opportunity to see how each governor and how each mayor and senator, congressman really, really believes and can, um, if they're running on something just like uh, your governor that ran in Michigan, what's your record? What's your record? Because we should be able to hold them just as accountable as the soccer moms do. In my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, right. absolutely. And what are the dates of uh, that event coming up? Michigan, we're going to be there in November the 3rd. It's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You, you ready to, to lead the way, Rick? Yeah, we're getting there. Um, I had a bunch of phone calls today. We got some really cool things locked down. Uh, Cannabis Council has a beautiful museum um, that we're going to be able to tour uh, in Detroit. Um, working on some things in Ann Arbor, Lansing, talking to legislation. Amy Carter's involved in this as well. Her and Jaden will be, you know, expressing their their story and helping us with some of the legislative things. And Weed Moms um, is another kind of event within the event that we're also working on. So Thunder's very dynamic with this whole thing. I'm excited. It's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be an exciting challenge. The thing is, is to keep people informed and included 
in what the tour is about. So even if you don't leave your couch and you're just watching it, you're thumbing through on social media, you're on YouTube, you get a chance to just see, hey, what is Rick doing today? I'm going to tune in and see what Thunder's doing today. We have a doctor that's going to be on the uh, bus and she's going to be having uh, Dr. Bridget's Corner and she's going to be writing prescriptions for children and things like that. Amy Carter with Jaden's Law and how crazy that situation came about. Uh, like I said, I have a disabled daughter, so uh, I believe that that community needs to be totally represented. Uh, we're also going to be talking to people that enjoy cannabis just to relax and, and what that means, even though we, we're not calling it medicine per se, yeah. but it's very difficult to relax in this day and age. You're it's always really hard. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. You always have to be on it. Like that's what this world is. And it's um, well, which as great as like social media and internet and all that stuff is at the same time, it just always feels like you can't get a break from anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well, and that's what's nice. I think a lot of the, the move right now is people understanding the plant-based things, you know, how health, how healthy is your vegetables? You know, nobody used to question that. Now we question that. Um, how healthy is the source of what you consider medicine? And if it's plant-based medicine, you know, what's the inputs that create that plant? People are starting to become concerned about that because it, they know it matters. Um, yeah. So, in, in the, like you said, even if you don't want to call it medicine, if you smoke a joint after a long day of construction work and uh, it helps to relieve the knee pain, I, I think, you know, you pretty much met, you met it, right. <laughs> but whatever, call it whatever you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we got to stay on top of it because psilocybin is coming in and it's coming in strong. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to even talk about that on the tour and how, you know, that's accepted because it's not smoked. Uh, people mm -hmm. can see mushrooms every day and they grow in your yard and blah, 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 blah. So guess what? It's more accepted. And I'm not knocking mushrooms. I'm not knocking it at all. Psilocybin is very important and it's very important for people's health. But the difference that one plant is judged versus another, we need mm -hmm. to discuss that. And is it really all just in our minds to be able to say that this plant is bad? And I think it is. I think it's years and years and years of programming. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Thunder, where can people go to find out more information about you, your socials, websites? Where can they go? On Instagram, you can go to I am Thunder Walker and the Thunder Walker Experience is another. If you're looking for great cannabis in the state of Oklahoma, it's Proud Mary Cannabis. And I am on all of social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, for God's sake. Ooh, I was going to say. YouTube. Yes, TikTok is uh, it's a lot to be on TikTok. It's a lot. Up, yeah, you got to come up with something new every second of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then Twitter. So you can find me there. And guess what? I do communicate back. So if you follow me on I Am Thunder Walker, you won't be surprised to find out. If you ask me a question, I will answer it. I think it's important. I think it's important for us to continue to have communication no sure. matter who you are. Definitely. That's awesome. Well, thanks yeah. so much with talk for talking with us today. And uh, yeah, hope to hear more about you soon in the near future. And I wish you guys good luck with the whole tour you're going to be taking. I can't wait. And I'm really, really excited that you had me on. Thank you so much. And thanks for being patient with us. Oh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening. And if you want to keep up with us and check to see when we will release new episodes, feel free to follow us on our socials at To Be Completely Blunt Podcast. You can find me, Steph, on my socials at Steph on FM and Rick at Mr. Underscore F-U-N-G-I 420. And please make sure to hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Highway Horticulture, paving the way for everything cannabis. Find out more at highwayhorticulture.com.